So welcome to the Speak the Language podcast. Um, we have been kind of off since Christmas and before that, but uh, today we have a uh, really cool guest, someone I've been trying to get on the podcast for a long time. If you have not heard of Sam Soholt, you, you need to have, you need to go check out his Instagram page and all that. Sam is doing some uh, really cool stuff for public lands and raising awareness for that. So Sam, thank you for being on today. Hey man. Yeah. really appreciate you having me on the show. Yeah. So, uh, well, where have you been lately? I know every time I look at your, your Instagram page, you're somewhere awesome. Seems to be. <laughs> yeah. I, I try to never stay in one place for more than about 72 hours. So that, you know, <laughs> that way nobody gets tired of me. I just keep moving. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I've actually been taking a little bit of a break uh, for the past couple of weeks, just around the holidays, uh, spending time with family and stuff. But yeah. uh, pr- pretty much all fall, I was all over the West and Midwest, uh, just chasing critters and and driving the driving the school bus. Yeah. Okay. So let's let's go ahead and get straight to that. Like the the school bus thing, that is so cool. Like how where did that even come from? <laughs> so okay. So before we even get to there, like so this big public land push that you're that you're doing to raise awareness for for public lands and all that obviously we're a big supporter of it um there's a lot of folks that are real big supporters of it, but like like what what drove you to do that uh, i mean like like why why did you just say i you know this is something i need to do well you know i think growing up you, you know i've always when you're younger you kind of take things for granted like it you know like some it's always going to be there right. um and i grew up you know hunting ducks and geese on public public land pretty much all the time and then when I moved over into the big game stuff, I mean, the majority of the hunting I do is on public land. And, uh, when you, you know, as you get a little bit older in the sport and you've been around a little bit more, you kind of see the ins and outs of, uh, of what's going on. And, uh, you start to realize that there are some things that like, it's definitely just a privilege that we have. And, uh, it, uh, some things could be taken away and, and you start to, you know, if you have a emotion about the sport, you just, you know, you start to want to be able to, figure out ways to protect it yeah absolutely and yeah and and you know leading up to the uh the 2016 election on the <clears throat> there was a bunch of talk about uh transferring the um federally managed public lands to the states and uh they were trying to box it up as this uh, as this really you know amazing thing and it would give states more control uh mm-hmm. over the property and um but i mean oversimplifying it basically the states can't afford to manage that much land and uh, um, the land that has been given to the states in the past has almost all been either sold off or um, a lot of it is closed, you know, closed to the public, closed yeah. to hunting, closed to fishing. So right. um, I just saw it as a, uh, you know, being a sportsman, I figured it, I should do my part and uh, try to help protect public lands for future generations. I mean, if, when I have kids, I want them to be able to just, you know, drive the pickup to wherever they can get to and and hike in somewhere and, and hunt without having to knock on a door or pay somebody to go hunt or lease a property. Um, and it's a bigger deal, you know, out West, there's a lot less public land, you know, East of the Missouri river. Right. But, uh, <clears throat> but you know, if, if anybody has aspirations to travel out West, you know, you're going to, you know, the majority of the time you're going to be moving around on public ground. So yeah, I just, I just, uh, I don't know. It just seemed like something that I needed to do. And, and, uh, the bus seemed like a pretty good platform to catch people's eye. And then yeah. you know, if they would follow along, I can kind of talk about, you know, what's happening. Right. And, and yeah. it's funny, you know, cause you said that, I mean, I grew up hunting public land myself and, and it, you were right about, you know, it's, it's not like you mean to take it for granted, but, um, no, I think, I think yeah, probably yeah. one of the, one of the biggest, I guess, 
coming to moments I had is I had a uh, there's a, a really good friend of mine who's from South Africa, and you know he's he's a really big hunter and that sort of thing. And he told me he said he said when you come to here from South Africa and you come into a place like Mississippi where you know there's just all these public lands that you know it's yours you know you can it's yep. it's yours to do whatever and i was like man i've never thought about that because i've you know I've, as long as i've been alive and been hunting there's been public lands that i could access you know so it, right. it and yep. you know and just to and to think about that and then you know seeing like what you're talking about just the the threats to it and, and i mean that was just a really yeah it, like it's, it's a real like you said a sobering moment that hey you know this stuff doesn't protect itself you know sometimes it takes people like like you to to get out there and, and raise awareness about it but uh so yet yeah, now let's, let's talk about the the bus because that's a pretty cool <laughs> undertaking that you that you got there yeah so it uh i guess it's almost a year ago to the day i actually ended up buying the bus on new year's eve um in 2016 oh wow okay yeah so i bought it yeah so i bought it basically right after last christmas and then uh I parked him out. My brother owns a hunting shop out in Colorado and that's where I bought it. I bought it, uh, um, just South of Fort Collins. And then I parked it behind his shop for a while. And, uh, like the bus idea was, um, was not a new one. We like my brother and I had actually been kicking around the idea for a few years. And okay. fi- yeah, finally, uh, like, I mean, we just thought it would be a cool hunting camp. Um, but c- I could never, every time I kept thinking about it, I just, uh, I would kind of move down the line, like thinking about it, like how I would build it. But then it just always ended up, I would just, it was just going to be me kind of alone in a school bus. (laughs) (laughs) And that just, you know, it didn't seem very appealing. But um, when all the public land stuff was happening, I was like, well, you know, like I've always wanted to do this, this bus project in the first place. And it's basically a, a giant billboard. Um, So if anybody's following along, you know, like with me, if like they, if somebody sees a bus go by, like it's kind of a, it's going to, going to grab your attention oh, and, yeah. uh, <clears throat> with the whole tiny house movement and, and, you know, like kind of the, like the traveling, you know, lifestyle movement, like it's, uh, it's definitely like reached people that are not in the hunting industry. And I think that's probably more important. Oh, absolutely. Not, yeah. 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 It, Cause, uh, and that's yeah. the thing too, like, like guys, if y'all are listening to this, like if you hear us talking about, you know, he's living out of a school bus, like it's not. Like you need to go look at this school bus. <laughs> yeah, like I, can, I can kind of describe it, and then I can send. You know, people can head over to my page and check it out. Yeah, because uh, it's pretty impressive. Like when you were like, because I was followed along when you were still working on it, and then I, you know, yeah. the pictures you post after you're finished with it, I was like, man, like that's pretty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I fi- you know, I figured if I'm gonna do it, I might as well do it right. Right. Yeah, and, and so um, my parents let me park it at their uh, lake cabin. Uh, for the summer and so i could just work on it there so every morning i'd wake up make a pot of coffee and go head out to the bus and start <laughs> cut, cutting and sawing and drilling and um but yeah i i, I built it so it like i wanted it's like its main purpose is a hunting camp um you know like i built it so you, you know i want to be able to use it for a week to 10 days at a time and uh so i've got a queen bed that's in the back that's built up on a platform so i got storage underneath and then I have two sets of bunks directly ahead of that moving towards the front of the bus. And then both the tops and the bottoms of the bunks open up for storage. And then I've got a, on the one side, on the right side of the bus, I've got like a kitchen counter. Um, and then the cabinet below houses all my batteries, um, to power all everything, 
Right. And then on the yeah, and the other side, I have a, a little room for a bathroom, which has it just becomes gear storage because <laughs> most it's you know all fall it was warm enough to just use the woods yeah <laughs> and then, why not <laughs> and, yeah and then i've got a, a couch on the other side that i built um but then i think my favorite part of it is i i custom built a uh, a 10 by 20 awning uh and fully enclosed awning so it's basically like a wall tent that sits yeah up yeah i saw that the, yeah yeah that was, so i mean like that's what i was saying because when if someone like you know if they just hear school bus like that kind of doesn't sound that great but like you look no. at the picture of the school bus like I've stayed in worse places that didn't roll around on wheels. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, you look at I've it, got, like, man, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, and I've and I've got the wood stove or the yeah the wood stove jack in the awning, so I can I can you know get a fire going outside and have the propane heater on the inside of the bus. It's uh you know it's just four hundred square feet of pine and <laughs> yeah and yeah it's yeah it turned out pretty good. So I mean there's there's definitely still things I need to do, but for now it's 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 usable. Have you, here's a, here's a fun one. Have you like getting around on these public lands? Have you had any problems on the road yet? Like if you had like a, uh Oh, someone, you know, like, like a need mud grip situation. Oh, uh, so fortunately I have not. Okay. I, I, I almost got myself into a hairy situation. I filmed a, an elk hunt in uh, Western South Dakota on yeah. public lands. Okay. And... I was actually going <laughs> to ask you about that one anyway, cause I saw the video on that. Yeah. Yeah. And so the, the, at the end of the, or like me, we only hunted for a couple of days, but it had snowed, you know, a solid six or eight inches the day before. And then it was warming up. And so the, the dirt roads going into camp, like the main dirt road was fine. Um, but I was going to take a different route out that I had never driven before. And the further I got away to, from camp, it just kept getting sloppier and sloppier. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but luckily the bus handled okay. And I was able to get turned around and just head back to the main road. So I didn't, you know, get stuck or go yeah. off the road because trying to get a, a bus pulled out of the ditch is a little bit different than a pickup. Yeah. That is one <laughs> thing I did talk about. It's like, man, if you ever got stuck back there, because it can, ha I know on some of the public land that I've been on, like the, some of them roads can get sloppy really quick. But, yeah. It's, but, uh, it's not a great off-road vehicle, but as long as you play it smart and, you know, right. I, I usually try to meet people, uh, on hunts. And so like, <laughs> um, like, you know, meet my brother or whoever's going to show up on the hunt so I can park in a campground and then we still have like a pickup or whatever to get yeah. you know, wherever we need to go. Right. Right. But yeah, I've had to be pretty conscious about, <laughs> about where I park and yeah. trying to turn around and yeah, it's. I saw that so, that other thing too. You were you had a you were towing a trailer behind it with your four wheeler. I was like, that is the yep. coolest thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So my goal my goal for 2018 is to get rid of the trailer. So I need to, um, I need to find a, a welding shop or a welder out there. Uh, I want to build a custom roof rack on the on the bus so I can oh, put a no bunch of gear up top. And then the frame actually runs all the way to the bumper. And so uh, I would like to weld like a four foot, like well probably be like five foot deck off the back and then have ramps and so you can just roll a quad up on the back and not have to pull a trailer wow. it would make yeah it would make turning around and traveling way easier man so that's like, the that's the goal for 2018 i'm, I'm predicting it right now like a, like it, it, two years from now you're not even gonna have to have a house anymore you're gonna have yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah yeah so yeah. like okay where, where have like so where have you and the bus all been in this because I, I didn't know it's kind of cool it worked out it's been about one year but so like where 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 have you gone with it i mean you've, i mean i know you've gone to some cool some cool stuff yeah yeah so the kind of the i built it in about two months so i, I uh it was parked by my brother's shop i drove it back and then i didn't really start on it until um the end very end of may and i got it done 
kind of early August. So, but I, the tour kind of started, um, I left South Dakota, August 7th. So I went to Montana and I antelope hunted out there. And then, um, I actually elk hunted out of it for a couple days, right? At the beginning of the season. And then because I, you know, still have to make money, I was filming for a guy named Jason Matzinger for yeah. um, a couple week, couple weeks. And then, yeah. um, and then I was able to hunt with a buddy for a few days and he knocked down a bull. And so we hauled that one out. Awesome. And then I, and then I went back to filming for Matzinger for the kind of the end of September. Um, so spent a lot of time in Montana, you know, in August and September, just cause that's where my residency is. And it's, uh, yeah. you could, you can spend as much time as you want chasing, you know, all the critters they have up there. And, uh, and then I drove to South Dakota for that elk hunt, Yeah, which was pretty cool. It's, uh, um, you said you saw the video. I know yeah. Outdoor Life posted it. Yeah, yeah. It was really cool. Yeah. So that's a, that's a very, like a super limited, um, quota old resident only tag um for south dakota which is pretty fun that's pretty um, special yeah because yeah. you don't you don't hear too much on elk hunting from south dakota that's one thing no. that popped out to me was i was like wow south dakota yeah yeah and then when i when i saw that tom had drawn the tag i was like that's kind of a cool story to tell and like um it's one of those public spots that like you're never going to be spot burning someone because you may or may not draw the tag in your life right and so <laughs> and so yeah. it's not like you know it's not like somebody's honey hole yeah. That you're going to be filming or whatever. Yeah, um, d- d- we had the same, because um, I'm pretty sure I talked to you while I was out there. Me and Brad went to Nevada this year to public mm-hmm. land. And Brad, I think it was uh, 20 years he put in yeah. before he got yeah. drawn. So it was the same kind of situation. And I, I thought, because I was, I was thinking about, I thought about you and the bus while we were out there, because we were staying in <laughs> these like, uh, the, the I mean, the guide was the coolest guy in the world. He's a great guy, had uh, grown up out there and uh had us in these little bitty rvs and then we had a little tent out there that we cooked in and stuff and it was it was just it was really really cool um that's awesome to, to you know to do that on like and you're saying on public land too because it was the same kind of deal like uh you know because nevada i didn't realize how limited their their elk tags were until i went out there until i was like yeah. oh cool and brad was like 20 years i was like 20 years you know yeah it's just yeah. super limited so kind of the same kind of the same situation you were in yeah, and I think yeah, I think in Nevada you have to, uh, like, if you draw and then shoot one, don't you have to wait a certain number of years before you can even start applying again? Yeah, like you have yeah, to wait I, ten years or yeah, whatever. It, it is. it's like somewhere like seven or somewhere between seven and ten years before you can even start to put back in. Yeah, yeah, it's it crazy. Was, it was like, and I can't, you know, don't. I'm not sure these are these are probably not. I don't know how. Yeah, don't accurate, quote it. Yeah, don't how, quote us on these. Yeah, <laughs> how, how accurate this is, but like the guy that we were hunting with, you know, was a resident there. And I think he had only killed two bulls in his whole life, just because even for residents, it's super, super limited. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And I was, you feel it's almost it's it's super humbling, you know. Even I mean, I wasn't even the tag holder, just to, you know, to be on a hunt like that, to know how limited that is to be, and you know, for someone yeah, that I mean, compare compare that to you know like where you're from, like how many deer could how many tags can you get in a year? Uh, for in Mississippi, you're allowed yeah. three bucks a year. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's. That's a lot of deer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, then yeah. You, I mean, you think about a place like, uh, I mean, in in Colorado, if you're a resident, can't you get a bull tag every year? Yep. Yeah. yeah. And but actually, you can do it as a non-resident too. No. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. They got over the counter tags. You're right. Yep, yeah. Over the counter tags. And so I, yeah. I mean, even in a yeah. I mean, luckily Colorado has a lot of elk. Yeah. Um. So I mean, there's but there's a ton of people who live in Colorado, and there's yeah. just you end up you end up running into a lot of hunters. But yeah, yeah you can you can just buy a tag. Yeah. Um, if you're willing to spend the money, so. 
which and that you know I have no problem with that either. It's just it's just a you know, it's a different it's a different kind of hunt. You know, I I had never been on a hunt like that. I'd never been on public land like that. You know. Yep. And uh, yeah. it was it, it was, may as well be private. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. you know, but then you know, we were lucky enough to have uh, Sean with us, the guy, and he you know he'd grown up out there and he he got it out there and he knew that land really really well. But yep. uh, it was it was really cool. Um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, y'all killed a bull in that South Dakota hunt. I saw that. Yep, we did. Yep, yeah. So we were yeah just walking down a like a like I said all the snow was melting, so we we're just walking down this sloppy logging road, and um, I ended up spotting a a cow, and I just like made Tom was out in front, but I was right behind him, and and uh, I you know just saw the shape of a cow and you know or the colors, and I just looked through and just made him stop and made everybody stop and. And then uh, another guy kind of crept to the edge, and he spotted the bull, and we got Tom back around, and then was able to get it on film and everything. So uh, it it was fun because, I mean, you and I have been in the industry for a little while now, yeah. and uh, you know you you end up only hunting with people who are in the industry, right? And it was uh, it was really fun to go hunt with a group of guys that just hunt because like they just love to hunt dude. <laughs> like we all hunt because we love to hunt but we're also you know like it's work we yeah. hunt because yeah it's part of our it's how we make a living right um, they, they, i can it, i can relate to what you just said on so many levels i know exactly yeah. what you're talking about yeah yeah it was like it was just totally refreshing to go with a group of guys that were like just so jacked just to be there like and just you know just yeah. hunting together and like yeah it was it was really cool so dude we like every every so often we usually get a little a little off time um between christmas that's that's what i'm doing right now and yep. i'll go i'll go like duck hunting with some of my friends uh-huh. and uh you know and we'll go on a duck hunt and it'll be you know slow or whatever i mean like we you know i can it was a few years ago i think we shot like i mean maybe like three or four ducks i mean it was really slow and they were like man i'm sorry it wasn't any better i was like man you know how happy i am to just like be hunting and not be you know, pressuring myself because you know all of us. Even I mean, we're always love. I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, we know you know what I'm talking about. We're loving to loving to be out there. Always, you know, never not loving the chance to hunt. But you're just sometimes when you're working, it become you you pressure yourself. You know, I got to get a show done, or I got to get this, I got to get that. I was like, man, I wouldn't care if we killed no ducks just to be out here, you right. know, hanging out with y'all, just you know, enjoying it, all that stuff. So I I know exactly what you mean when you say that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's pretty. You got to do that every once in a while. Otherwise, the you spend all your time thinking about what shots you need to get to tell the yeah. story, and you forget, yeah. you know, what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So, um, but yeah, and then after that elk hunt, let's see. Uh, I went back. Uh, um, I was stayed in South Dakota and uh, chased whitetail for quite a while, and then I went down to Kansas and chased whitetail. So yeah, it was it was yeah, it was a pretty good season so yeah. you killed a buck yeah. i saw where'd, where'd you kill that bucket uh that was in kansas gotcha yep, yep. so gotcha. and then i had a yeah i had the unfortunate experience that art you know every archer has if they hunt long enough i um ended up shooting a good mature buck in south dakota and then just never found it so that one that one was a crusher yeah but, yeah but, but, it, but yeah the one yeah the deer in kansas are really cool i uh you know you spend so much time in tree stands and stuff and then i ended up shooting that deer from the ground and uh shot him at about 10 feet oh so, that's crazy cool yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah he came came right into the decoy i had um uh on the front of on the front of my bow so, oh wow that's cool yeah, <laughs> yeah it was really cool yeah. yeah 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 okay so here's the thing and uh 
so as far as you know your stance on the public lands and raising awareness for all that so yeah from from your point of view what i'm gonna do kind of a both sides of the question sort of thing so what like from the point you know preserve all that like what's what scares you like what do you look at and go man we need to get ahead of this or we need like what's what's something that you think we need to take notice of you know what i mean yeah um that's a tough question i mean it's uh i think we've done a like as sportsmen we've done a pretty good job of speaking up and rallying together and you know and uh and talking out against the transfer of, of federal lands right and, and we, you know, we even got some stuff shot down, but it's, it's never going to stop. Um, so there's, uh, yeah, I mean, the biggest threat is the, the dwindling numbers of people who are participating in the sport. That's the, like, yeah. that's the scariest thing. Um, like I th- think the last number I heard thrown around was 6% of the, of the country are hunters. Wow. Um, yeah. And so, and a lot of those people probably don't understand, you know, the, the implications that, that, you know, would happen if we were to lose all the public land. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not saying that hunting, you know, like hunting would go away. Um, it's just, the I know access to places to hunt is one of the biggest barriers to entry for people, yeah. new people getting into the sport. I mean, well, um, think, think about it, man. I know that's a big deal down here. Like there's some places, I mean, I know guys, if they don't, if they don't have public land, they don't, they don't have anywhere to hunt, you know? And so, I right. mean, that, that's definitely an issue. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that, you know, the days of just knocking on doors and getting on property is not gone completely, but it is harder. Yeah. You know, you you know, even in my, you know, where I grew up in South Dakota, you know, you notice that, uh, you know, there's a, there's definitely more places that get leased up than there used to be. Yeah. Um, whether it be for deer hunting or pheasant hunting or duck hunting or whatever. Um, and so, you know, I hate to see that for, you know, people just getting into the sport. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the, the decreasing numbers of hunters is probably probably the scariest thing is and and probably the the one thing that's gonna lead to you know losing some of this type of stuff so i think we need to do a better job as hunters to um you know portray our image as as conservationists and you know as people who like to you know as stewards of the land and people who like to protect you know natural resources i think we need to do a better job just portraying that image to people who don't hunt you know i think there's I think the majority of the people who don't hunt probably aren't against hunting. Um, but I know, I don't feel like we've done a very good job, um, making ourselves look very good. Right. <laughs> there's, there's a lot, even if, we, yeah, there's a lot more that we could improve on Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. So, yeah. So I think, I think moving forward, we just all need to be a little bit more conscious about, you know, what we're posting on social media, you know, um, and, I encourage people to do like, I need to do a better job of it too, but I encourage people to, you know, if you're going to post photos of a hunt or whatever, it's great to have, you know, that, that duck pile photo or the, the grip and grin and, and all that stuff. But yeah, take, a, you know, take a bunch of photos, you know, for yourself, first of all, but take a bunch of photos of the entire experience. Yeah. Um, you know, packing the truck and, you know, like scouting and all that stuff. Like not only is it going to help you remember that hunt, but I think if, if we start, you know, posting the entire story of, of what just went into all of that. I think that's going to make a difference. Yeah. Um, I, that, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a really good point, you know, cause, cause you're right. I mean, there's, there's no denying that, that social media is such a huge platform, not just for, you know, hunting companies or brands or whatever, but for individuals too. And you, you're absolutely right. You know, I, and I hadn't thought about that, but yeah, just showing, you know, anyone that might see that there is more to the hunting side than just, 
killing something that that would definitely yeah, that yeah would I mean, definitely killing an animal is, it's it's why you know it's it's part of the reason we all go out and right. run, but it's it's definitely not the whole reason yeah and I, and I hope that there's not very many people out there that are hunting just to take the photo yeah so, oh yeah um, yeah 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 but okay but yeah so on the flip side of that the you know opposite end of that question what like from from doing this for a year or i'm sure you've been it hadn't just i mean you've been doing the bus thing for about a year but you've yep. been i'm supporting public lands for longer than that like what what do you look at and go man we've made we've made some good strides you know what what do you look at and you're like man that this excites me you know what i mean yeah uh i mean i think the thing that makes me most excited is how many people got fired up um just over the the potential loss of all this stuff. Yeah. Um, and we've, uh, we've done a good job in, you know, I I don't remember what the the bill was called, but when the uh, Senator from Utah or representative from Utah, um, tried to pass the bill to basically, you know, get rid of, I think it was 3 million acres of public ground. Yeah. Um, there was so much outcry from, you know, sportsmen and then not just sportsmen, but people in the outdoor industry that, you know, put up enough of a fuss where he basically pulled the bill from the table. I mean, that was, that was pretty awesome. And it just shows how powerful we can be if we all speak up. Right. Um, and so like, that was pretty cool. Um, you know, and, and I've been working pretty closely with like backcountry hunters and anglers on yeah. all of this stuff. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's not that I don't think that, I mean, I, I would love to work with all conservation organizations. Um, but I think, uh, BHA has a pretty good voice for both hunting and fishing. Right. And I, and there's a, there's a lot more fishermen out there than there are people that hunt. So I think if we can yeah. get, you know, everybody that holds a fishing license on board with this stuff, I think gives us a much larger voice. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I just, you know, I always try to encourage people to, um, to, you know, to join a conservation organization, whether it be backcountry hunters and anglers, which, you know, keeps popping up chapters all over the country. Yeah. Um, and they're doing a really good job helping people get involved and then, you know, or join RMEF or Mule Deer Foundation or Ducks Unlimited or NWTF um, or plenty NWTF, of them. Yeah. Any of you know, there's, there's a million of them. Um, and not only just join it, um, but I'm going to try to do a better job, um, this year of actually going out and volunteering. Um, uh, I got a buddy who started the Mule Deer Foundation chapter in Fargo, North Dakota. Yeah. And they're doing a big project out in Western North Dakota. Um, I think they're just pulling fence and creating habitat for mule deer. And uh, I was like, let me know when the bus will be there. So I'm going to yeah. you know, go out there and start volunteering my time to help actually, you know, improve some of these public lands. And, and uh, because I think we can all agree that there's definitely mismanagement. Yeah. Um, and we need to do a better job uh, at the hunter level and then just, you know, trying to help figure out what they need to do at the federal level to, you know, increase habitat and do all these things that's actually going to protect all of it for yeah, well, future and that, generations. And that goes back to what you're talking about, too. And, and you know, when you, because I'm sure when you go and do that, you'll document it. That goes to yeah. more, yep. more even of what you're saying of, of portraying hunters and anglers and whatever in a better light and showing that, you know, whether, you know, that you're not just going and killing stuff and posting a picture, that you're out there helping with the conservation work. You know, that's, right. that's right. you know, I, I, every true ethical hunter i think would be right behind you on that kind of stuff i i, I mean yeah. i think so yeah. yeah so uh what what can let's see people listen to this that that hear this that want to that want to help in, in any way they can like what can they do i know you've got the the public land tease thing but what, what else yeah yeah and, yeah and if well i mean i'll, I'll talk about that first. yeah yeah if for sure wanna, if, if people would like to directly help 
the the fight for public lands. I started Public Land Tees. You can go to publiclandtees.com um, and uh, and buy a shirt. And five dollars from every single shirt goes to Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. And yeah. so we're going to be um, giving BHA a check at the 2018 rendezvous in April um, from all the money we've raised since I launched the shirt company back in August. So um, so that's that's a really good way to be able to to help fund this whole thing. And then um, other than that, it's like just like what I talked about is if you really want to help. So a couple things, join a conservation organization yeah. and volunteer, volunteer your time. Um, and then the other thing is reach out to your legislature, uh, you know, representatives and, you know, senators and house of representatives people and, and send them an email. I mean, their c- contact information is out there for the public. Yeah. And, um, you know, just send them an email and say, like, it can be as simple as, uh, like do whatever you need to do to help protect public lands and don't transfer them, you know, don't transfer federally managed public lands. I mean, that's, that's as simple as it could be, but yeah. I mean, we elected all these people and, uh, we, you know, they're supposed to, you know, abide by what we want them to do and that's why they got elected. So it's important that we remember that and yeah. remember that all of this land is owned by us. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the government holds it, but we are the ones that pay for it. Yeah. That's right. That, that, <laughs> yeah. the, the, those t-shirts, the, that BHA have the public landowner shirts. I love those. Yep. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> those are terrific. Yeah. 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 Well, man, so, I, I won't, I won't hold you for too much longer. Uh, one thing for sure, uh, yeah. we, I talked to you about this earlier. You really, you need to consider getting down here in springtime and, uh, coming we, hunting. We got to make that happen. Coming. Yeah. I mean, cause me and Jordan are going to be on that, the public land down here in Mississippi anyway. And it's not, yeah. you can ask, like I said, you can ask Aaron Warbritton how, I already uh, talked to him about <laughs> it. <laughs> how tough they are, but man, it's fun. Yep. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. He was saying that, uh, took him like six or seven days before they finally killed the bird. Yeah. And then they, yeah. And then they did pretty well after they kind of figured it all out. But, yeah. Which I um, will say he didn't come. I mean, you can, he didn't come at the most opportune time, you know? Yeah. Early season turkeys down here is tough. Uh, it's it's yeah. tough on public land anytime, but especially early yeah. because there's still not a lot of foliage on the trees and it's wide open. So it's hard to move and it's just, yeah. you know, but uh, yeah. you know he, you know, Warb, Warb's a killer. He he found a way to make it work. But uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, yep. But yeah, man, you yeah, you need to come down here. Yeah, absolutely, I'll be there. So yeah. we can we can talk more about dates for for turkey hunting. So I'm I've already uh, kind of marked it on the calendar that I need to get down there. Awesome, awesome. All right, well, yep. Sam, thank you for being on today, uh, guys. Thank you for listening again. Go go look Sam up. Uh, go look at look at his Instagram page. Get behind all the stuff he's doing for public lands. It's it's very important. Uh, not only for for the us, but for future generations of hunting and fishing and all that. It's a really good cause. So, yeah, get behind that. Um, as always, thank you for listening to the Speak the Language podcast. Sam, thanks for being on, man. Hey, thank you for having me on. Appreciate it.